0: got my step counter in me pocket, I'll fetch me running shoes from the van, cause when you've got all hungry, with no food in your tummy, then curry, I'm your man, cause how we all lose it is a mystery, it's like the changing of a wardrobe from a dire history, but it's the one, making us non stop, Kilograms is all we've got to drop La 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 la
1: Bob! Good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm in a good place. I've had loads of feedback from the first couple of episodes. So have I. What was your favourite comment so far? Favourite comment so far uh people laughing at the i'll have a snickers when i want people laughing yeah that. yeah that got a lot of hits <laughs> for one of snickers i'll have a snickers
2: <laughs> <laughs> the other one i got a lot was variety bob just let let bob oh, wear yeah. some clothes he
1: wants to i love variety that one. bob yeah thing is people were sending me stuff and like what are forgotten that we'd even said it so it was quite funny to receive just a variety of different things people have said. I'm like, oh yeah, we did chat shite about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. Go. Do, you know,
2: do you know what really tickled me as well? I got um like all the comments have been like overwhelmingly positive and yeah, big up thank- all the feedback. Yeah, in- incredible. Thank you very much to all the listeners. I forget there is listeners to this sort of thing it just feels like they're chatting. <laughs> um but <laughs> the best thing I got sent was um Hi mate, love the pod. Quick question. Um do you um have to go to a farm to get weighed at that weight? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, that is savage. I hope that's
2: interesting. I kind of got lot.
0: I think
1: I think it could be a good thing.
2: Imagine that for the content. Me and you just getting hauled up like cow. <laughs>
1: Fucking hell, that is savage. savage oh, that, is yeah. that a good mate of yours or is that a random listener? No, oh, no, good mate. Yeah, I could see uh, him chuckling yeah. while he while he was typing it at home as well. We've had loads of everybody. random uh we've had loads of like like the the there's that thing you said about the spread across the globe where people listen from. It's all over the gap.
2: Crazy. Hong Kong, Malaysia, uh Dominican Republic, shout out Ollie Beetson. He was on um holiday listening in from the Dominican. We're not weirdly becoming famous from nowhere, but <laughs> He did say he spread the word there could be a couple of other local listeners? Um, Malta, obviously, connections, but a little bit of trivia for you there, Bob. Go for the top five countries where
1: we're being listened to, and I bet you can't get this top five, top five. Obviously, UK is number one. Uh, indeed, yeah. Is that is it? I'm not spitting out England and Scotland or whatever. I'm just no, no,
2: no, UK is how I can see it, so I, I wouldn't be able um,
1: to. Are we going to get maybe people we've worked with somewhere? Maybe, like French? We haven't had a single listener from France just yet, mate. Oh, well, that's a real shame. Top five countries, don't oh, fucking out. Um, well, Malta. Nope. You're what, Court Maltese or something, just for, for the yeah, listeners? Yeah, we've had one
2: listener from Malta. Shout yeah. out to the auntie and uncle, cousin who listens. Whoever that is. <laughs> or just like the great follower or the person who's on holiday in Malta could be the other one Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. Irish? Ireland is top five.
1: It's number five.
2: It was joint fourth.
1: Joint fourth. Okay. Um, where? Oh, God. A uh, Spanish, I guess. Let's just go around mainland Europe. Spanish, Italian? Joint fourth. Italy, we haven't had a single listener.
0: They
2: hate us in the mid right now.
1: Yeah, hate us. <laughs>
2: Where have we got that? Who's filling the gaps? So number two, the United States of America. Oh yes. And I did get some feedback from the States. Uh, good mate of mine, tiger pants, Alex Walker turned around and went, um, there's nine people in America wondering what the fuck a kilogram is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I make him right. (laughs) Um, Number surely three. people know what a kilogram are they talk about in pounds, doesn't it? Pounds, baby, out there. They're yeah. pounds, guys. 2.2 pounds in probably... a kilo, just for though. I think that's
2: um, what, I mean. what sounds better, 50 kilogram drop or the 110-pound drop. I said to him the 110 pound drop sounds like a dodgy TV program selling trouser presses on QVC or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's like the 110 pound drop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can see what you're going to win here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number three, Germany. Let's go. Oh, come on. Kraus was telling me today, flown over. Uh, good mate of mine from Germany. He listened to it on the plane and loved it. So okay. huge following in Germany. Number four, Denmark. Denmark, Wow. Denmark they love us in the Nordics Uh, and then we've got multiple countries in this kind of fifth space which is Belgium Ireland and Spain
3: we've had Australia
2: Dominican Republic India Malaysia Mexico Netherlands Portugal Taiwan Hong Kong and Malta I'm not like there's a one listener in each country but I'm glad that they're listening that's what that's two episodes in Two episodes in, no budget for advertising uh, apart from a day on Instagram, um, yeah, which yeah, cost I us could about take
1: absolutely zero credit for
2: about three quid. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, <nice>. so, <laughs> yeah look. Um,
1: well, that forward. means that we might actually have to lose this weight. <laughs> we are going to have to lose this weight, which, weight. as you learned before, is not you know. I've got off to a terrible start initially. Is where is Bob? Yeah,
2: mine. Ha- the Toblerone's gone.
1: Good. The Toblerone's gone. So I'm all steam head now. Where did it go? Oh, not long after the conversation, really. I've been talking about it for an hour, so it's about-
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> You were like, we've got at least five kilos. So I was like, well, we've got to finish off what's we'll here then.
2: <laughs> I think you also are going to get a gig on Supermarket Sweep because they're impressed that you got thirty-eight
1: quid's worth of confectionery yeah. in one bag. My brother messaged me that. I said, "Who the fuck spends thirty-eight quid on that shite? I was like, "Listen, that's, I don't need, I don't need those messages right now." <laughs> just told the world. I've just, I've just opened that layer that is Bob
2: Cooper. Of oh, Start
1: with a layer. It's Bob Cooper. Um. So, yeah, we was two weeks in, third ep. Two weeks down, third it, And Bob, I've got you a little surprise tonight. Oh god, I don't like surprises. Well, after
2: first week, I was eating like a pig, but exercising, or running up mountains unsuccessfully. Um, you were exercising, but eating like a pig. Yep. So I've got some some advice.
1: Lovely. Are you gonna are you gonna be as
0: excited as <laughs> me?
1: Well, I don't know what this advice would come in. Like is have you just gone out and saw have you paid for someone to come in come and oh, uh, or I'm, just sell like out someone? Yeah,
2: I'm not talking a leaflet, mate. I'm not talking flipping here's David Goggins. I'd love that, by the way. Oh mate, if Goggins was here, Goggins has got to be the gene, would you love him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great guy. Um no, I've I was sitting on LinkedIn, um, as you do. And a lady called Sophie Langley popped up and I read this post and for all the listeners that don't know me and um, young Robert here do work in the recruitment industry and the staffing industry if you want to call it that Uh, we have done for many years but I saw this post which said why I left recruitment I started recruitment back in 2015 I was a uni dropout and applied for the first thing uh, that said 150 grand OTE and thought it was too good to be true My career was going great. However, I had completely put myself on the back burner, working eight to eight in an office, grabbing lunch out, feeling absolutely drained and too unfit to go to the gym. Then weekends were just filled with drinking until Monday rolled back around. Subsequently, over the first three years alone, I had gained 70 pounds. She would be known in America and listened to in America, not us, Bob. (laughs) Slowly but surely, my career was being affected I gave myself every excuse under the sun why I wasn't able to be the woman I wanted to become. Uh, Slow metabolism, PSOC, not sure what that means, but we're going to have to ask her that. Working too much, always hungry, um, and she no longer had the energy of her 18-year-old self. Things were creeping up and not hitting target, no motivation, feeling worthless and a failure. All stuff that resonated me. I'm halfway through this thinking, preach girl. That's exactly what yeah. is going through my mind, apart from the PSOC, which I don't know what that means. Don't know what yeah. I'm agreeing to there. Um
1: so um so what's the crap with this? So I've got her here, Sophie Langley, female fat loss expert. Listen to this for some headlines though.
2: I decided it was time for a change. I had spent years dieting and nothing seemed to work. I approached things differently this time. I lost 70 pounds while still working in recruitment. I was promoted four times over the course of three years and my career accelerated. I had found new energy, confidence and self-worth then the bright idea came i'd spent years in a vicious dieting trap why not consolidate everything i've learned in nine week program and save women the suffering i went through cutting out the bs that sets women up to fail keto low carb cardio slimming world that all sounds a little bit familiar to us as well bob yeah uh just to name a few uh you name it i've done it i'm on a mission to show women the correct and sustainable way i became fully qualified coach. I've helped hundreds of corporate women achieve the body and the career they deserve. My mission is to educate you how to fuel yourself, stop dieting, manage your mindset whilst putting your best foot forward in the office. <laughs> if what I've described is if what I have described is what you are currently dealing with, let me help you. One of my favorite comments, yeah, let me help you is something i've definitely said in the past uh, if you follow the steps i will give you an o- uh, uh, give you and open yourself to be coached and supported you will in capitals be next i have 100 certainty when i tell you that message me with the word elevate and let's start building the best version of you thumbs up hashtag work hashtag recruitment hashtag career hashtag hr hashtag motivation <laughs> thanks um, for the hashtag. Hashtag fitness industry, hashtag science. We might need these for the pod because my hashtag weight loss is going down like a balloon. (laughs)
0: Uh,
2: And there's two photos of her uh, before and after, and fair play to that girl. So I read that and I thought, do you know what? Bob, we could resonate with this young lady quite a lot because we both work in the recruitment industry. We are in the fad category, we've tried everything left, right, and center. And fundamentally, I wanted to pick her brains how she did it. Yes, her company's focused on women. But, Bob, I don't see gender, mate. I see that as weight loss expert knows how to do it. So, in short, you messaged her saying elevate. And we, odd three, we've got a guest on. No, 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 no. I didn't didn't message her saying elevate, mate. That's not my style. (laughs) I don't stick to the rules. You know me. Uh, Let me see what I did actually message her. This could be quite embarrassing. Um, Hi, Sophie. This is from the pod Instagram as well, right? Brilliant. Yeah. Bit creepy, this. We're looking for guests for our podcasts. We're both in recruitment and would love to get you on as a guest as your story really resonates with us. Would you be (laughs) free? Question mark. Hey, love the idea of your podcast. I would indeed. Uh, Bicep emoji, the fucking gun. Yeah? Yeah. Lovely. We usually record on Fridays at four, but can't this week. The only slot we have is 9pm Thursday. If you are free at all, appreciate it's late. That should be okay. Is it remote? Yeah, all done by over Zoom. Okay, cool. Let's do a call at 7.30pm. And by the way, (laughs) buzzing that she replied, right?
0: Yeah. That
2: first message, I thought she would be like back to back all week with millions of thousands of women that she's transforming their lives, but she actually has spent the time to come and have a chat with us. And she did say, Bob, I hope you're up for the banter. I
1: won't go easy. Laughing, crying face. (laughs) Well, to be fair, I've got a five kilos to do in about a fortnight. So whatever.
2: Fuck the banter. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We need the fucking answers. That's what we
2: need. (laughs) She's coming on now. She's coming on now. I'll tell you what, Bob, what you didn't know, she's been sitting in a waiting room, yeah? She's been sitting in a waiting room for about <laughs> two minutes.
1: <laughs> Fucking hell. Amazing,
2: amazed it hasn't popped up on your screen, but it's popped up on mine. So, are we going to get her on? In? Let's get her on. Right, Sophie, this is Bob. Bob, Sophie, welcome. You're our first guest. Come on. How wow. does it feel?
3: Incredible. I mean... You're two minutes late, so it's not a great start, is it?
2: I know, but that's because we're useless with technology.
3: <laughs> I mean, you're showing the habits and routines and consistency to a max, aren't you?
2: <laughs> yeah, we, and to tell you the truth, we were both snacking before this, so...
3: Oh, yeah, well, I've actually got some uh, chicken wings in the, the air fryer, but I didn't know whether eating them on the podcast was, was <laughs> sensible.
1: do what you want to do. This is totally (laughs) informal. Um, I will ask you questions about the wings if I see wings. (laughs) (laughs) being. So Sophie, reading your profile, um, there was
2: an advert actually that popped up on LinkedIn and I was like, do you know what? That is a phenomenal situation to be in. So from our kind of brief research, you were in recruitment before like, both me and Bob have been in recruitment for um, 13 years. You're about eight now, Bob, right? Yeah, it's coming up too. Um, it's a desk job that has loads of hours just sitting around, mentally straining, so you've, you can really lose some energy and some enthusiasm. And then, um, as you can tell, we were once, you know, underwear models and the likes, and then (laughs) the recruitment stone turned into a recruitment 10 stone. Um, Drinks after work, unhealthy lifestyle, that sort of stuff, all just kind of eroded any hopes of getting back to that model years. And we said this year, enough's enough, we need to lose some weight. So I'd love to hear everything about your kind of career, where it all started, and also this kind of journey that you've been on, because I think we're both at a point where we, we dream about that quite a lot. <laughs> we don't put it into reality. So where does yeah. it all start for you?
3: So if you want me to start from the beginning, um, I sort of in my early years in education, eighteen 19, didn't do very well at my A-levels, um, went to university and dropped out after about six months. So you know, it wasn't looking too good for me at 18 years old, if I'm being completely honest and, you know, seeing the adverts on Reed for hundred K OTE. And I mean, who's was not going to go for that when they're
0: 18.
3: <laughs> so it actually was quite tough for me to get into recruitment because I had to just lie my way in because I had, you know, pretty much no work experience apart from, you know, trying to dabble a bit in running my own business. Um, and, and, yeah, I just wanted the money, essentially, which, I you know, is a, like a massive draw for, for a lot of people, especially. So started off in 2016. Um, i just turned 19, started off with Randstad and, you know, spent a good couple of years with them across some different sectors and, d- and did really well. And kind of the same story, you know, I in my younger years, I've never been, you know, super slim, super active. I've never... I wasn't, you know, genetically gifted or anything as that. So for me, it was super, super easy for me to to gain weight, essentially. Um, So, you know, a couple of stone I put on and didn't really notice. I don't think you really notice, you know, you're too busy on looking at your paychecks and going out for Friday drinks to even care about (laughs) (laughs) your. You're just loving life, aren't you? Because you're young and you're getting all this money and, you know, your friends are there in, you know, absolutely skin and you're thinking life's pretty good. So... Yes, yeah, so I was in recruitment till 2021. So, five years. Um, did it both in Australia and the UK and traveled around a bit with it and worked for a few different businesses and, you know, did love it. But I think it got to a point for me, especially, where I'd gained, you know, 70 pounds. So, you know, quite a bit of weight. I'm not very tall. I'm only five foot three. So,
0: I'm straight on the
2: calculator for that, I'm like pounds or saying kilograms. Five pounds. <laughs> yeah Five oh, wow yeah okay that's yeah. in
3: five years pretty much um and i'm not Good very day. tall so i couldn't hide it you couldn't miss me you know so and it got to a point where i think my unhappiness was outweighing the benefits of what the job was and i think i had completely put everything about myself on hold and when friday drinks the fun starts to wear off a bit you start to, my energy was rock bottom and it had actually, my career had peaked and then I started to go downhill because I was losing confidence. I wasn't confident going to client meetings. I didn't like the way that I looked. I started to become quite snappy, quite emotional. I felt, you know, quite victimized. And, you know, I wasn't 19, 20 anymore with an abundance of energy, you know, life started to hit a bit harder and, you know, I was getting into my twenties and was this what I really wanted for myself? So Bit of a wake up call, really. And and that's when, you know, I started to make my own journey. So I, I did lose the weight while I was in recruitment. I, I didn't leave the job. It was a process in, in, in the last couple of years of, of being in work.
2: How did you do that? That's so true. We're desperate to find How did you get around <laughs> to doing that? Because we've done the O-Yo diets before. I've lost tons of weight doing stuff like boxing and uh, this sort of thing. But it's, it, it's all at an extreme, kind of waking up at 4am and then it always ends in a terrible blowout blowout at the end where I've stayed sober for three months and then I drink for an entire three months and it's just never never sustainable, right? So how did you do that? I'm (laughs) always keen to hear this.
3: So, you know, don't get me wrong, I made some massive mistakes and my journey took a long time of ups and downs. It wasn't like I woke up one day, decided to start Running five k's and meditate and not drinking because that's not real life. Um, you know I'd done the swimming world and you know I'd started off and I did swimming world was okay for me, you know for a year or so just to get a bit of basic nutritional element in there because I knew nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, you know I started going to gym classes at Pure Gym and I slowly started just to build myself up now. The biggest advice that I can give is you can't start adding all these new elements to your life on top of an already hectic lifestyle. And the biggest advice I can give is you have to make sacrifices. So for me, I knew if I went out on a Friday night and went out for after work drinks, that would roll into a hangover on Saturday. I'd eat bad on Saturday. I'd probably go out for more drinks to get over my hangover. And suddenly I've been great Monday to Thursday, but then Friday to Sunday, I am just self-destructing. So for me, I had to give up them Friday night drinks and it wasn't the calories and alcohol. It wasn't anything that people think it is. It was the knock-on effect on my mental capability to use that weekend productively to get prepared for my week ahead. So I think it's little things like that, that just making them small changes and not eradicating it from your life, but go to end of quarter drinks and have a massive blowout you know, rather than every single week. So that one little change allows you to have mental clarity for them three days over the weekend. And you can start thinking clearer and acting more proactively, but you can't burn the candle at both ends, is what I always say. You can't have everything. People love to have the body of the dreams, the bank balance of the dreams and the job of the dreams. It doesn't work like that. There's a sacrifice that is made somewhere along the line when somebody is, you know, succeeding in a part of their life.
1: So did yeah. you... Uh, so. Did you manage to do that? Just make a decision one day, go right. I'm going to cut Friday night drinks, and then stick to it. Like, how did you? How did you stick to it? If you did, or if you didn't, what happened?
3: I think the main thing is actually not being persuaded by others. Now, recruitment has got a massive culture. You know, come out for drinks, do this, do that, and you've got to really stick to your guns. And it's very, very hard because you're surrounded yes. by people that are living a very unhealthy lifestyle. But you've got to kind of keep realigning yourself with your goals. And the biggest question to ask yourself when you're doing anything on your weight loss journey, say to yourself, is this getting me further towards my goal or further away from my goal? And once you start thinking like that, it will instantly snap you out of bad decisions. Because when you tell yourself this is getting myself further away from my goal, you suddenly don't enjoy it as much. So it takes a massive (laughs) amount of mental resilience. I'm not going to lie. But if you know that you're going out at the end of the quarter you've not said right I'm never going out for drinks again you've got an event coming up you can look forward to it but when you start trying to eradicate alcohol completely all you can think about is wanting a drink because you've told yourself you can't have one and that is the mistake that most people make they eliminate something completely out of the diet if you love a Chinese takeaway right I'm gonna have a Chinese takeaway on a Saturday night I'm just gonna have one takeaway a week you're still having that takeaway but you're not having it three four times a week so it's little changes like that
2: yeah i think uh, the recruitment lunches were the one that kind of office culture of everyone going to get get food locally we're based in london and
0: yeah.
2: i think ever since lockdown I, the, the there used to be like salad restaurants in every corner but they seem to have gone. So everyone's coming back with these like Burger King meals. Katsu curries is the worst one, is it? Because oh, that smells incredible. Get me in K10. <laughs> I Katsu
3: Curries on because I lived in L- London for three months with Randstad on a training course just Monday to Friday. And I must have gained about a stone in that three months because I was well living in a I was living in a Premier Inn down the road and I had a katsu curry every single day for my lunch, oh. every day for three months.
1: I think so that's I where you got that from. Yeah, good question.
3: What is it called? The main, the main place. It's a chain, and they do sushi. Uh, wasabi. Yeah. Do you know the one with white rice, and they pour it on in that big round tub? Oh.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I don't it's so well. <laughs> yeah. I know it so well. Yeah, I know it's extremely well. I remember our first year, we had this, uh, it was like a culture if you were late, that you had to go and get the whole office lunch, right? It used to be called a lunch run. And where the, in the early days of our company, there was only like five of us in London. So you'd have to then go and knock on the doors of all the other shared offices saying, I'm nipping down to KFC, does anyone <laughs> want anything? And just because if you turned up late. So every Thursday, someone would do this. But it would make you go, right, yeah, let's get the KFCs in. It was a three-piece variety meal. I remember it to this day. But you'd come back with bags of this chicken, yeah. <laughs> whack it on the table, start eating it. And then if I think back on that, because that must be a metabolism thing when you were younger, because I was eating KFCs about three times a week. And then katsu's, all of that sort of stuff, we'd be filling up the rest of the lunches. And I, I don't remember putting too much weight on that. I've always been big. But <laughs> when you look at the calories, when you're doing diets now in them things, you're just oh my god! <laughs> I'm mean, a whole week's allowance in a lunchtime. <laughs> um, but they taste great though, don't they? So Japanese canteen was the the number one one for me. For oh, that's yeah. a serious canteen.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've had some proper lunches. So what? So Sophie, then you. You decided, right, I'm going to start cutting the Friday drinks. Started from that. Is that all that you needed to start to trim your weight, trim your weight and it worked for you? Or did you need to step that up? Because I'm thinking at the moment, right, if I cut something like that out, I've got a big goal to hit here. we got 50 kilos to move. Is yeah. me trimming off one of my evenings, drinking a week, going to cut it? Or is that just a stepping stone and then you make other sacrifices? Where does it go from there?
3: It's definitely a stepping stone. Now, you have to figure out what the issue that you feel you have is the most. Now, I was a massive drinker. I had three, four-day hangovers. That's when my binge eating would occur. So I could pinpoint that that was, although it's just Friday night drinks, for me, that was a massive contributing factor. For you guys, it might be something different. It might be nipping out for your lunches and and, and choosing unhealthy options. So yeah. you've got to pinpoint and find out exactly what the problem is that you think you're facing and find a solution to that problem. Not everyone's is going to be the same. So, yes, it doesn't sound, you know, like a big deal. But when I got up on a Saturday and I was fresh, I could go do my food shopping. And that then rolled on into having, you know, preparing some healthy lunches for the week ahead. And it was a knock-on effect because I had the energy to do it because drinking was my issue. So it depends what your problem is. And if you tell me, then I can, you know, more than I can (laughs) give you some honest (laughs) advice.
1: Ian, what's your problem?
2: I've done long periods sober. And Mm. I completely get what you're saying. It's Saturday mornings. I'm first in the barbers, that sort of stuff. And that's time that I would never be awake at that point. Um, And every time I go back to alcohol, there's like a ripple effect to that where, yeah, everything gets a little bit more lethargic. I also find that I have zero self-control if I've had, I had a single glass of red wine yesterday. Today, I'm already snacking on a load of crap because it, it's like, a, in my mind, it's like if I've broken, then I it's done. And yeah, I don't feel 100% my brain then wavers. I know it's every single time I'm slightly stressed, which is 95% of my life. The rubbish comes out and I start eating a load of stuff. So I do think so booze yeah. is a little trigger, but stress is also a trigger.
3: No, this yeah. is the thing, come on. Immediately, like what I can see from you is you're getting stressed, stress is causing you to have a drink, having your drink is causing you to make bad food choices. So the drink is not the problem, it's the stress. So for you, you'd need to look at lowering your stress levels. Now, it's easier said than done, but just to give you a bit of science here, if you're interested. um Another problem that you have when you work in recruitment or any high stressful job is that you have our high levels of cortisol, which is your stress hormone. Now, the problem with this is cortisol is essentially like a fight or flight hormone. Now, if you have very high levels of that, your body clings onto fat because it's protecting you because it thinks it's in danger because it's stressed with animals at the end of the day. And I think a lot of people forget that. So a massive proportion of making weight loss very difficult is that people just try and go in a caloric deficit and hit a step target the stress levels are still through the roof that is causing the weight loss to be, be far harder and on top of that sleep is such it's about 25 contributing factor to your metabolism so you're not sleeping well you're highly stressed you know you can be hitting all the steps in the healthy eating you want it's gonna be painful so you need to work at like the basics of the habits and the routines that have nothing to do with weight loss which will just naturally help you you know lose a hell of more weight and when you mention when people say oh well when I was younger I had a quicker metabolism you had less stress you know you might not have had a family kids a mortgage you know less stress like <laughs> you know less fat <laughs> and it's you know it's a big point that people don't even consider especially in, in high stressful jobs
2: and how would you combat stress? Like I'm, I'm training for a marathon at the moment. Everyone says running's a great way to reduce stress, but I don't feel any less stressed. <laughs> I feel more stressed than the thought of running 14K or whatever it is on the weekend. That's just another thing to think about. How do you yeah. handle that?
3: So, personally... Um, I get overwhelmed on an evening. So I get my greatest ideas when I'm trying to go to bed. And like, I'm sure you've had it. You're going to sleep and you're like, Oh, that candidate could be good for that job. And Oh my God, what about that company forgot to ring in your brain? It just starts going, doesn't it? So having a notebook at the side of your bed and anytime a thought pops in, write it down, get it out of your brain and stop your brain ticking. Now I like to journal. I've only been started doing this recently. Um, and my, one of my clients, actually, who's on my program, bought me a book called um, The Greatest Self-Help Book, written by you by Vex King. And it's an empty self-help book. And you write it because you're writing your own self-help. So every night it takes about a minute to fill out super quick. You know, you're not sat there writing for hours and you just have to rate your day, your mood, and you put any thoughts or feelings down on that. I can shut that book and go to bed because I know it's written down it's out of my brain now that little element naturally just decreases my stress and improves my sleep other things that you can do you know is meditation now this is one for years I thought bullshit hippies I'm never gonna start freaking <laughs> meditating you know um and my brother started meditating through the headspace app you know well, he got really nice. yeah and he um recommended it to me and I've only been doing this for a couple of weeks so you know I'm no I'm no meditating pro but oh my god it is fantastic and you know so finding out what you're stressed about what is it you're stressed about because that depends how you attack it if it's work it's going to be different from home isn't it so but managing stress levels will be the biggest changing factor because if you're on a weight loss journey and you're thinking right I've now got to watch my calories, track my food. I need to do running. I need to do that is adding stress. Like let's alleviate some stress first before we start adding more stress on.
2: Yeah. I've got a tendency to just pile more and more and more and more and more things on. So that makes a lot of sense with the headspace app though. Is that so (laughs) I tried it a few years back and I had the headphones on uh, in bed my missus just thought that I'd fallen asleep. <laughs> <With the headphones. laughs> so she comes along, takes headphones off and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Frightening the life out of her. When do you do that? Is that during the day? Do you do it at night? Like how do you incorporate it into your day?
3: Whatever works for you now. I like to do it at night because I struggle with going to sleep. So for me, it's like a part of a wind down ritual. You know, I'll, I'll do it and, you, and you're best doing it on a hard floor, not a bed because a bed's soft and you want to be able to feel the weight of your body. So I just literally lay down on my bedroom floor. I thought if anyone comes in here now, they'll think I'm freaking crazy. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know who's going to be coming in my bedroom, but yeah, I lay on my bedroom floor and then once I've done that and I feel like, you know, calm, then I'll do my journal and then I'll go to sleep. But there is daytime ones that you can do, you know, five minutes where you can just put your earphones in even at your desk and just listen to it or you know book a meeting room and just have a bit of a de-stress because the problem that you have especially on your weight loss journey and you're stressed is that you're very fatigued so you're exhausted mentally after a day at work and that's where people think I couldn't think I can't get to the gym I'm knackered like I'm too tired to cook a meal because they're mentally exhausted so you need to learn to control your energy levels and rather than you've been burnt out by 2 p.m spreading your energy over a long period of time and trying to manage that and you know how I used to do it is I thought the world was ending if I didn't get a fee or a candidate didn't turn up for an interview I was like up here like instantly like panic mode and you just need to kind of think what will be will be no one's died you know your reputation isn't burnt forever because we put ourselves in these real like stressful states because of the job that we're in. And you can't win every battle, you can't get every fee. And what's more important sometimes, sometimes you, you you're more important than, you know, Dave, who once who's accepted a counter offer. Do <laughs> you know what yeah.
0: I mean? <laughs> yeah, of course.
3: It's so hard to put into practice, but I can see why it happens.
2: If you had advice for recruitment business leaders, knowing what you know now what would it be and what would you advise the recruitment industry to do potentially differently? Because the stress you're talking about all comes from layers of like that fee being missed means that the the boss's target isn't hit, And then that means that the investors aren't happy and it's just this chains of just stress, right? So what would be your advice for a recruitment business to make it better for their employees? Because another angle to I've seen so many people leave for these reasons. Like yeah. I don't have time to do the gym or I, time, I don't have time. I don't feel happy. I don't feel myself. And in in the London office, I think I had about 140 people at one point, and that was a regular reason why people would leave. So how would you do it differently if you are in the shoes of the business leaders and how could you get potentially a better life, work-life balance in the recruitment industry?
3: Yeah, I think a major problem you've got with recruitment leaders is they were, you know, brought up doing recruitment in the 80s and 90s, where it was party party, work hard, play hard. And we've all kind of moved on as a generation, but then you've still got these recruitment leaders that are under this, you know, you don't leave your desk to late a clock or, you know, you're seen as, you know, you're not working hard enough. And ultimately the recruitment, I reckon it's one of the highest turnover of staff. I mean, it's got to be, hasn't it, in the industries? Um, you know, I would have regular working hours or flexible working hours so for example you might do you know three days where you do super early starts like 7 a.m till 3 p.m or you know three days later finishes but there is no need for you to be working that job till seven eight o'clock at night there's just absolutely no need like how do you spread it out work with your industries like depending what industry you have you might want to start early but if you're starting at six seven a.m you should be leaving at two, three o'clock because you get in people and, you know, in recruitment, it's majority age is like 18 to 30, isn't it? Because people are burnt out and they've had enough. So realistically, you they're they're almost getting the most, you know, money and time out of people when they're in the peak. And then they burn out and they get a load of fresh grads in. But if you're wanting to build a really sustainable recruitment brand, which are trusted and I've got these relationships that last over for decades, they need to be looking at it differently. And for me, it would almost be, you know, no one would be allowed to eat at the desks because they don't think of the bigger picture, do they? Like they just allow people to, if you go out, I remember used to go, you know, if I'd go out on my lunch for half an hour and pick something up from like Top Shop. Like the directors would look and think I've gone on a, you know, on a bloody shopping spree on a lunch break. And it, and it was <laughs> that really like causing yourself more anxiety. So it, it, it's so difficult, isn't it? But it depends what the recruitment business want. And unfortunately, I think a lot of recruitment businesses are quite happy to have high billers, have them, you know, last their three to five years and then get a load of new grads in. But yeah. is that, you know, is that... the the right way moving forward because you know training and mentoring people and having people not bill and you know for a couple of years is so costly to a business but they're just not thinking longer term so
1: yeah and do you miss the recruitment job
3: no no
1: not the
2: none of the kind of stress of the deal or or trying to place people anything like that do you not miss any of that at all
3: well, no, because I run my own business now, isn't it? So I've got I've got my own targets to hit, and you know I'm still financially very driven. But what I do miss is is the social side. You know, I work for myself now. I don't have any colleagues. I don't have anyone to throw a banter with around the office. But yeah. I've made some really really good friends for life, and I do think that recruitment made me who I am in terms of confidence and being able to speak to people at all levels. And, you know, I'd recommend it for any young person who is a bit stuck in life and doesn't want to go to university. I think it's a great stepping stone. And this is definitely not me saying, you know, recruitment is is all evil, because it definitely isn't. I think it's just about actually balancing it and not, you know, ruining yourself th- through the process and, and having a bit of balance there.
2: Did you say that you worked in Australia?
3: Yeah.
0: How is the culture out there?
3: Fun is shit. Shit. <laughs> I'm so sick. I'm so there. Because so <laughs> um, I've got
2: friends that live out there, and they always say that it's a very like health-driven place. Is it yeah. noticeably different culture-wise from a work perspective out there?
3: Yeah, hundred um, percent. So I started in. Melbourne for Hayes, Um and Hayes are like the biggest recruiters out there, they're huge and very, very corporate, um, you know, far more relaxed. You do earn, your basic salaries are far higher yet the commission in, isn't as high. Um, they do do the odd drinks, but again, it's usually like, you know, a volleyball on the beach. It's not, you know, let's go out until 4am. And throw up on each other like (laughs) you know what I mean so it's it's definitely um you know definitely different but yeah not as fun (laughs) not as fun
2: Mm -hmm. so you're in Melbourne how long were you there for I
3: was in Australia for a a, a total for a year I went over initially um to work for Hayes and I went on a working holiday visa um with the hope to get sponsored so I can stay and I did get offered the sponsorship with Hayes but. I was just miserable, um, and I think it's because. And I think you go to Australia, don't you? You're thinking, oh, amazing! You know, new culture, everything like that. I'm still in an office for ten hours a day, Monday to Friday. So, yeah. am I actually traveling? No, because I'm in an air aircon office. I could be in Manchester; I wouldn't even know the difference. I'm in a, you know, skyscraper. So, I, you know, after six months, I thought I can either stick with this business for three or four years, which I'd have to under sponsorship, or I can. You know, go elsewhere and and go do a bit of traveling.
2: Yeah, I noticed that. I used to work over in travel out to Amsterdam, and everyone's like, "That must be amazing." Amsterdam's a crazy place. I saw a hotel room and the office. That was it. <laughs> it was nothing more. I think I went out once in the six
1: months I was there. It's just, um, yeah. I, of that. I spent what well, I spent probably two years opening ten offices, and. Yeah. I mean, just stack, I mean, the amount of the amount of dinners I've had sat on a hotel bed on my own is absolutely bonkers. <laughs> and you just you just you can't possibly cook. And then yes. so I mean, try and find, try and walk around, you know, Berlin, Amsterdam, whatever, with with your tiredness and your stress levels where they are with all the travel, and you know, force yourself to try and hunt out a salad or a healthy dinner that's takeawayable to your bed at the hotel, like, you're just not going to do it. A yeah. stack, I mean, going to places like Berlin and that, I always all the time. Core, stacks and weight on that. Savage. So
2: it's hard to find anywhere healthy, isn't it, as well, because you're in, yeah. what would be like a petrol station, <laughs> equivalent, trying to find but a... you savage. never
0: see,
1: yeah. you never see these cities, do you? Like, you just don't. Like, the travelling thing with work is stuff, if, if you're trying to stay healthy. You've also, nine times out of ten, not got a gym in the hotel that you're in so then you're trying to you know you've got your takeaways you you can't move like yeah they're savage time and the whole workout in your hotel room them hotel rooms are the
2: size of a cupboard right i'm six (laughs) foot four 25 stone imagine the complaints they would get if i started doing burpees (laughs) in the hotel
0: room
3: (laughs) all four of them (laughs) what i'd say guys as well is that i have realised there's a common theme coming on here I've not eaten a salad in five years. What's... Salads? You don't need okay. to eat a bloody salad.
1: Halfy, innit? I quite like a salad, mm. so... I miss it. Mm. Um,
3: no, Jim. No, Jim, I think that's another excuse, if I'm being honest. Get yeah, on on. This is this is, a, this is why
2: we're here. So, OK, look, this, this is the concept of why we're doing this. Yeah. We started a WhatsApp group What, two years ago, maybe? Where we would, the the kind of... Belly boys. The belly boys of the office decided to post their weight every Monday. And some people, like, if I had put on a stone or dropped a stone, it would be in there. I think Bob was the same. And then a few others would, like, not do it and blame it on the batteries going and all this nonsense. (laughs) And that group actually ended up being the bolt opposite of like a support group to lose weight because it was everyone just going do you know what done 20 pints got away with it this weekend <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> and by the end of it we were finding ways to actually kind of commend each other on the blowouts that we had so it went to the <laughs> bolt opposite in. some bloke did like 10,000 calories in a weekend legend status it's just like <laughs> So if we're going to, our goal is to get to 110 kilograms. I think at my best, I've been about 122. And that was in the early kind of boxing days. We've chose 110 because from the health checks that we've had, our uh, taking the fat off us, we would be 100 kilograms. So that gives us 10 kilograms of fat left, which I think I would look buff at that point. Right. And that's all my goal is, is to look buff, get married in three months. So if I can lose all fight, all 50 K in three months, that'd be phenomenal, which I don't think. Phenomenal it's work. So how would you go about this? How do you chop this mountain down? Because at, at the moment, um, I've signed up to run the London marathon. Um, and I've never run before. Uh, I've signed up to a man V fat charity football league. Uh, I've got 15 different gym memberships. And I've got a dog that I've got to walk as well now. which has all been part of the transformation plan. And I'm not really losing weight, but I am getting better at running. Bob, I'll probably let you say your situation a bit better. Yeah,
1: than I'm with you with the multiple gym memberships. I'm I'm now using a PT to try and inspire me. I've been using a PT for a while, but not really committing to the, uh, I guess the exercise regime out of that. I play a bit of golf, but yeah, self control is an issue. Sticking with anything for more than four weeks is an issue. I think the biggest issue actually is I'll do, I'll do, I'll get on a a bit of a routine. I'll do something well. And then, like this weekend's coming, I got staggered this weekend. Like my routine, getting my my good routine that I've got to have it on for maybe two, three, even seven or eight weeks back after I have a holiday or have something come up or have my blowout weekend is where I go wrong. I've throughout my 10 to 15 years of, dieting, trying to lose weight, all that good stuff. There's loads of periods where I've got a month or two of great work under my belt. And then just, I almost like, even, well, I come back from these these holidays or whatever, these events, and then I even forget what the routine was or what I was even doing. I'm like, it's just completely gone. So, but yeah, getting that, any way to keep on track and get that back. or It's another excuse, isn't it, really? now that's what it is. You get on the blowout train, and then you go, right, well, this is great, car... <laughs> but it probably that probably comes from that probably comes from lacking, you know, giving up too much in the first place. So I have probably got on a good run because I've quit everything and I'm like, oh, this is great, it's fucking easy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. think that think right. of that one oh the sound. <laughs>
3: Do you want me to give you a little a little mini action plan then?
1: Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, mini or massive, whatever you've got, even if it's one thing that's gonna Change us. That would be great.
3: So, first thing I want you to do is go on your phone and tell me your daily average steps.
0: Ten thousand. I know that.
1: I don't know that. I mean, today, today today, I'm probably up up to about sixty eight, but we'll have a look. It's on the. Is it? It's in the fitness, isn't it? Health.
3: Yeah. On your. On your. It depends if you've got an Apple Watch or not. If you've got an Apple Watch, it's on fitness.
1: Yeah, the Apple Watch is uh is on the floor over there not charged. I've got a <laughs> new phone today. So <laughs> let me just load up this. Just being <laughs> Here we go. You're averaging fewer steps a day this year than last year, just been told. So my In 2023, set- oh, sorry. sorry. In 2023, my average steps a day is
3: 3519.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I'm averaging three and a half thousand a day at the minute. Okay. I'm
2: averaging over the last seven days nine thousand three hundred and twenty-two. But, but there's a fourteen k run in there.
3: So that's what. What, what would you What would you kind of say? Yours is then, generally speaking.
2: So should I do it over a little longer period than no. that? uh over the the last year it's six thousand three hundred seventy
3: seven. okay can i show you guys something that might help
0: yes yeah this is great can right.
3: i share the screen on this i hope so i don't know if you've got permissions let me just show you this up because this might just help you with this you ever heard of anything called a tde tdee no Oh. Okay, this is a mine.
1: some sort of dessert <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to
3: share my screen with you hopefully. is it
1: a weight loss pill because if it is I'm in
2: <laughs> why have they inventing one of them just to burn through fat I'd be buying them all day long
3: it's disabled my, sc- uh, my screen sharing so I can't share my screen with you at the minute oh we can change
2: that surely yeah. uh, multiple positions can share simultaneously go
1: I think that
2: works just-
3: just because I think this will really, really help you with this,
1: I'm not excited. I'm sitting up.
3: Special <laughs> edition. Right, let me share. I'm not taking a picture of you. Right then, quick, quick lesson. So, just get this up. Ever seen this before? No. Okay. So, put it really simply, T-D-E-E. So this basically means total daily energy expenditure. So if you were to literally be in a coma for 24 hours and all your body needed to do is keep your natural organ functions alive, you would have a percentage of, well, an amount of calories that you need to eat to keep your basic functions alive, Okay. So that's yeah. your TDE. You will both have a number. If you go on a TDE calculator, you can put in all your bits and bats and it will tell you that number. It'll tell you that calorie burn. So this is the easiest way to lose weight. Keep it off. This is science. Scientific fact. This isn't something I've made up. This is if you type <laughs> TDE into it. So 70% of your TDE, so what you burn in a 24-hour period, is down to your BMR, so your basal metabolic rate. So if this is shit, 70% is shit of you trying to lose weight. So your BMR, there's so many factors that affect that. One being your sleep, the amount of muscle mass that you've got in your body. All these have big affecting functions to your BMR levels. So if you're sat all day not moving, this is going to slow right down. Hydration, if you're not getting at least three to four litres in a day, hydration's got a 25% contributing factor to this number. So, simply. Drinking three or four litres of water a day can significantly improve this. Now, let's think 70%. So most of our focus wants to be, how do we get a better metabolic rate? So that's the first thing we want to look at. Second thing is something called NEAT. So this is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So this is 15%. So this is making a brew, going to the toilet, trying to shit with your mate in the, in the kitchen. It's just... Daily movement, that isn't exercise. So your heart rate's still low. It's just daily movement. Second most important thing. So that's your step count, essentially. That's why I give everyone a step count. Then 10% is your TF, So that's thermal effective feeding. That is basically what you eat. So protein, fats, and carbs. They're the three different macronutrients that every food is built up of. So if you have a high-protein diet, Protein is about a 30% TF. So you eat a thousand calories of protein, you're only going to absorb 700. The other 300 are burnt during the metabolic process because it's hard to break down. It's a big molecule. Whereas fats and carbs, about 5%. So you eat 950 calories of fat or carb, 50 is going to be used in the metabolic breakdown. 950 is going to stick. So what you eat as a massive factor in a calorie is not a calorie. So that's why a high-protein diet excels fat loss because 30% of it is being expelled anyway. So you can eat more of it, happy days. And then 5% is eat. Now, eat is exercise, exercise activity thermogenesis. So that is your running, your gym, your cardio. So what the mistake people have is they start doing a load of this and then they don't sort any of this out. Weight loss is hard, weight loss is painful, weight loss is slow. So you're making your life hard for yourself. So what do we do? We get hydrated. We get a solid sleep schedule in. We start reducing stress levels and cortisol, getting this working really effectively. Then we start increase, increasing need. So daily steps, standing up every hour can have a massive effect on your metabolism. Just set an alarm, stand up, walk for two minutes, sit back down. Brilliant. TF, high-protein diet, hitting your protein goals. And yeah, go to the gym when you can, add it in, strength training, fantastic. But... That is basically what I I feel is the solution. It's worked for me. It's worked for hundreds of people. I've helped actually getting this sorted first and and worrying a bit less about running marathons and putting a lot of pressure on yourself to be super fit because it's not going to help you lose the fat.
2: And with the high-protein diets, let's say in Bob's situation, flying around the world, I occasionally travel, that sort of stuff. Where where would you shop? What would you eat? That sort of thing. What would be a good, healthy meal that's probably high street bought? Because in theory, KFC's got a load of protein, right? But also has a shitload of fat.
3: Yeah. So it depends completely where you are. Nando's is an easy one. Pretty simple. Um, even McDonald's. You know, today I had, what did I have today? I had a double quarter cheese pounder and I'll show you because I put it on my uh, little community forum talking to women that they can sell for McDonald's 51 grams of protein 750 calories yes it's high in calories yes it's high in protein can I still fit it within my macros yeah quite easily you know look putting it here putting it on for everyone to see because you know this isn't about sitting there eating salad that's what I say to people it's about being you know relative and no matter where you are in the world, you're going to be able to get some type of meat sauce and a vegetable. Like you don't need to find a salad bar to have a balanced nutrition meal. Like you could have a roast dinner, you know, meat, veggies, potato, one of the best meals that you can have. Toby Calvary, just don't add the bloody load of cranberry sauce and it'll be all right. So people overthink it. I think people's perspective of of like healthy food is, you know, chicken. And rice or broccoli or salad or light dressing and real normal food is absolutely fine and um, it's that isn't the one that's making you fat it's, it's everything else <laughs> Um, yeah. the main priorities if you are working away what I would say is concentrating on being in your calorie deficit and making sure you're hitting a reasonable protein goal now you know the new law brought out that you know restaurants now have to provide you nutritional information if you ask for it so there is really no excuse. If you ask for it, they have to provide it for you. They will have it for you. So even if it's not on the menu, you will be able to find it out.
2: Petrifying that, isn't it? When <laughs> when that first came out and you're sitting there, well, I was sitting there on Deliveroo going, fucking hell, Hernandez is like And I've
0: got a
1: question on this. Yeah. So what we're saying here is this bottom section, this BMR, If we get that right, that's the quickest ticket to making your body tick better and losing weight, right? Because it has the biggest impact. Is that what we're saying?
3: That and calorie deficit, yeah. So you can't scientifically lose weight without being in a calorie deficit because eating in a calorie deficit is just you are eating less and your body burns. That's a negative value as a result that you lose fat. But what I was trying to emphasise from here, and I think it was on your point on like all this stuff that you've signed up to, and yeah. all this pressure putting yourself on to go running and everything like that, your focus is what I mean. This is my opinion. I'm not, you know, I'm not the, I'm not the, you know, be all and end all of fitness. But you know, in my opinion, that is the least effective because you're thrashing all your energy into something that's five percent. Like, wouldn't your time be best spent rather than running? On maybe going on a a low impact walk with your dog and reducing your stress levels, listening to a podcast, something that's going to mentally make you feel better, feel better about yourself. And that's going to be in here, it's going to be in neat. And then it's going to help lower your stress. And you're going to get out in nature and enjoy yourself rather than thinking, oh my God, I'm so fat. This is so hard. I'm so unfit. Like, you don't need to run. I mean, I don't run. I've not, you know, run for the bus. That's about it. But you put almost running can put your body under too much stress as well, especially if you're carrying a load of extra weight because it's putting all that pressure on your heart. So, you know, start here, take the pressure off yourself to be, you know, fit and running marathons overnight. It's not, it's not, it's, it's not like that. It's taken, you know, decades to essentially put the weight on. So you can't expect it to be an overnight. And I think what you've mentioned there, um, Rob, about going for like a weekend away and then coming back and being off the bandwagon, like, you don't need 100% of the votes to win the election, do you? You don't, like you just need to be doing well the majority of the time. You don't need to be perfect, no one's perfect. This isn't 100% being on it. This is, you know, an 80-20, 80% of the time, you know, you're doing the right things 20% of the time. You're living your best life because we are only here once, aren't we? So you need to understand that balance is normal and it doesn't mean that you have let yourself down, done anything wrong. Nothing like that. You've just got to understand that there is a balance there, and there mm. has to be a balance there for it to for it to work long term. And that's why giving up alcohol do not work if you like a drink because you're not going to necessarily majority of the time give it up for the rest of your life. So when you're I setting time you feel yourself... that
1: with the the balance thing, yeah, definitely runs true because we've, I mean, we've tried everything, Ian. Right, and we've done the the balance thing. Is uh, yeah, we've not necessarily got right that many times yeah Um, i've never heard of this so this is all this is this is flipping the script on what i've you know we've always gone right just just move on you know drive ourselves into the ground but what you're saying is makes a bit more sense the stress level thing i've never i've never heard about the cortisol aspect and how that's affecting all this linked to your sleep and stuff right we both live high stress lives um mental yeah So are you completely teetotal now
3: no i love a drink I practice what I preach I eat McDonald's I love a night out I've I've not changed as a person because I've lost weight I don't have any different views I just majority of the time I'm 80% of the time I'm putting myself first 20% of the time I'm dancing on tables and drinking tequila of course I am (laughs) I'm 26 (laughs) so you know this is what I teach that balance is everything and you know, it's really, really important that you don't put restrictions on yourself. And every time you set yourself something new, think, am I going to do this for the rest of my life? If the answer is no, don't set it for yourself. Don't do yeah. it.
2: Yeah. Fair enough. What's what's the healthiest way to get smashed?
3: Vodka. Clear spirits.
2: <laughs> Fine. All over that. It's
3: beer, guys. It's the beer that is the bloody uh, killer yeah. for the guys.
2: Beer's quality, though, isn't it? Getting smashed on the <laughs> lines is
3: great
0: fun. Yeah, all, right.
3: <laughs> all right, well, that probably
1: leads us nicely into things. So, um thank you for sharing that. That's really interesting. What, what, do you, what are you doing now then? So, you, you experienced, you know, uh, a life in recruitment, and it probably relates to a lot of people in the corporate world, right? That go through, um that go through the struggles of having to move or not, or not having the best lifestyle, not finding ways to move as much and whack a load of weight on you've now left that world what are you what are you up to now
3: so yeah so i found a business called well i founded a business called the elevate program um it was only back in october last year that i started properly so still in the early stages um about six months in now obviously this wasn't it was pretty i feel like i need to go back a bit (laughs) because it Sounds like I'm yeah. just from recruitment into being a coach, doesn't it? But um, left, um, so when I came back from Australia, I got a job as a sales manager within a, a manufacturing company because I couldn't get a job in recruitment um, because I live really, really rural. So this was pre-COVID. So there was no such thing as remote working. Right, so yes. for me to get a job in recruitment, I would then have an hour and a half commute and an hour and a half commute on the way back. So I thought, you know what, when I came back, I thought... I'm just going to get a sales job, got one down the road, just thought it made my life a bit easier. COVID hit and I got made redundant. Um, and then during that period, that's when I really sort of ramped up my fitness because I thought I've been made redundant, like secretly a bit happy because I thought oh, I've got this time. It's, it's April, the sun's now coming out. Um, so I spent the entirety of COVID training myself uh, as, as hard as I could to get myself in a really, really good physical condition. And... I literally, my granddad is a joiner, and he dropped off a, a tractor tire, and I flipped a tractor tire up and down my garden for months. Super so <laughs> just obviously, the gyms weren't open. Um, so I did that, and then um, I just fell in love with it. I just fell in love with training. Be- you know, went into my personal training qualification, and then got a job at Pure Gym as a personal trainer. Um, of May last year. Um, and then, yeah, just started to, you know, felt like I absolutely loved personal training, loved helping people, but I I was so business minded and so like driven that I felt like there's only so much you can do by standing next to somebody counting reps. So that's when I had the idea of, you know, where I've been in a position here and there's thousands of other women that I'm sure that I were in the position I was in. How can I help them on a wider scale? So that's how The idea came of the Elevate program and and helping women, you know, overcome what I struggled with um, and breaking it down very, very simply. Like, you know, that what I've just shown you there is just a very small slice of what I teach people and and how to make this sustainable and and how to get them the result. But, you know, eradicating this whole idea of quick fixes and fad diets and and having a different approach to it and understanding that I can't say to a woman, look, wake up at 5 a.m. and go to the gym. Because I know that's not appropriate for that lifestyle, and I think there's such a gap in there was such a gap in the market for it. Because every coach I'd come across had been athletic all the life, and they'd never gone and sat in an office for twelve hours a day, so they mm. could not resonate with these people. So started that in October, and it's just gone from strength to strength. And you know, I've helped over hundred women now
0: nice. <laughs> and counting.
3: Amazing.
1: So it's focused on women.
3: <clears throat> yeah.
1: And so you have it, it, Elevate Program is what it is, right? So what's the high-level overview of what the Elevate programme does and how it works?
3: Yeah, so it's nine weeks. Um, The women are with me for a total of nine weeks, and we go through um, a phase state, basically. So you have a full week of onboarding, and that's when you basically write down what exercises you hate, because I don't want people to hate exercise. So you write down everything you hate, you despise, Whoa. and things that you maybe want to learn. So, you know, I want I don't want to be anxious. So I want a bit of a walk in the gym and not feel anxiety. You know, I want to be able to go pick up a dumbbell, like whatever it is they want to achieve, or it might just be that they want to do stuff from home or with the kids. Like it yeah, yeah, yeah. depends. So this is all built custom upon upon their circumstances because everyone is so different. So they do a full week of onboarding which is a mixture of like questionnaires goal setting and what I really start to understand what they're struggling with and what specifically they need help with you know they might have emotional eating binge eating you know so many different problems they might have a problem with alcohol so we get all that out in week one and then based upon their answers and and what we come to the conclusion I build a strategist so they go through three phases um ignite build and compound and put it really simply ignite is about basic habits and routines so Mm -hmm. hydration go step go let's look at sleeping patterns let's look at start your mindset and reducing your stress levels just like what i said to you guys like the basic bmr stuff so they do that over the course of the the couple of first weeks and then they move into phase two which is about building really really strong bmr one way to do that is building lean muscle mass so that's when i start increasing the confidence and and start helping them with weightlifting teaching them how to lift weights properly, uh, whether that be at home or in the gym. And then phase three is compound. So they've got any levels back. They're not feeling lethargic. And that's when we might want to start setting goals like Tough Mudder or 5K or Half Marathon or whatever it is they've always wanted to achieve in life. We do that at the point when they've got all the basics covered. So it's a very small sort of building block process. And along the way, every single week they learn a new topic which is dedicated about what they're struggling with so for example it might be alcohol or building a strong bmr or motivation or how to increase your protein or how to eat healthy in in a recruitment job so whatever it is they have a new topic every week they learn learn about and then when they finish yes they may not be at their end result but they have got everything they need now to continue that and they've been shown the sustainable way over a longer period of time
2: basically so are you talking to them one-on-one or is it a group is it like a community where they all kind of help each other out how does it work
3: so it's one-on-one coaching so I at the moment won't coach anywhere above 30 women because I'm the only person in the business and it is a lot of work obviously and yeah. um, there is a wider community so I've built a coaching software with a company called everfit so this is something that they they've got an app for it's all built by me but it's all in one place within that we have like community forums where we talk about common problems um and all the women can talk to each other and like build friendships and support each other and celebrate success so there's a big community element to it but it is a one-to-one service i work with that person directly on what they're struggling with
2: it's amazing isn't it so you've helped a hundred women now—is is that? Hundred women have done the course. Now their kind of lives are, are changed in the sense that they—they can—they've got all the tools to help them get in the right place and, and, and meet their goals, basically.
3: Yeah, exactly. Um, and most women, they finish and, you know, they're quite content and they're quite happy just to carry on doing what they're doing. And then if they do feel like they need more support from me or, you know, they really want to push it to the next level, then they can opt to have more coaching for me. But I think mm-hmm. the people that have stayed on longer term, it's more because we've just kind of built a relationship up and, you know, they'd like to, to have me in the life as a positive influence and, and to keep helping them. So, yeah, yeah. they've got their options.
0: That's fantastic, isn't it?
1: Sounds amazing, my life. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, where's the the
2: kind of where's your aspirations to take it? Like what would be a great company for you in the future?
3: Um, I think just getting other people to come on as coaches. Now it's a really, really hard one because I'd love to have more people. In this with me rather than me just doing it on my own.
0: Mm. But
3: because I've got such strong moral standpoints and views, a lot of people from the coaching and personal training background don't have the same because they will put people in extreme deficits to get amazing before and afters and they'll thrash them in the gym for six weeks on these shreds so they can post, look at my clients before and after. That's not me. That's not what I'm about. So I'd love to expand, but I think if I were to expand, it would be. Um, I'd have to be really selective or you know, either train somebody myself or even, you know, someone on the elevator program who's done it and been there and got the transformation. and yeah, um, yeah. there is a few people that I'm speaking to at the moment who have made some serious, serious transformations and potentially looking at them to bring them on as well as maybe just more mentor coaching as well. Um so because, yeah.
1: So because PTs often do that, right? So if you go and see a personal trainer. It, they'll want to look at how, how fast can they get a reaction, how fast can they change your your process, all of the, yeah. you know, setting up your weight, you kind of weight exercise with them as well as maybe the the additional sessions you'll do on your own or the gym sessions, all that kind of stuff. Your approach is, is slightly different in that way. Um, do you find that your client base, there's some similarities in your client base who maybe want to avoid that particular experience or have had that and have, and have not enjoyed it or how do you find your client base is milder because of that
3: yeah so I'm definitely not here you know bashing pts I was a pt myself and there's some fantastic trainers around there and if you go to a personal trainer their job is to get you in good shape so they're doing completely the right thing by you know trying to train you and give you exercise and things like that the problem is they're not essentially getting paid enough and they've not got enough hours to sit there and say right do you binge eat on a Saturday afternoon because they don't care that you're there to train. So it's not mm-hmm. necessarily that their service is worse. It's just different. It's just a different yeah. service. Um. Now a lot of the women that I coach, they've done everything. They've done everything. They're, they're at the bitter end. Um. You know, the majority of my clients, i say between the ages of 30 and 60, you know, they've done 10 years of dieting and keto and Slimming World and running and, you yeah. know, and that is what Preach. appeals to me. If I get anybody who is trying to do a real quick six-week shred for a wedding or something like that, I'll always say, look, this ain't going to be the right process for you because they're going to be disappointed.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah. what I need. It's <laughs> <laughs> so a shred. I think it's a different level of shred. To a shred. <laughs> um, okay, that's that's fantastic. So it's more kind of life coaching than than just your standard PT offering. Because I think think the fitness industry is quite an intimidating place for people that aren't in it. And uh, and there's PTs that I know that kind of have podcasts and everything where they talk about this, like, amazing life that they have. And I think the relatability of what you're saying is the thing that's missing. Um, This kind of, like, breaking down how bad sugar is for you when you're looking at a person at 0% body fat and you're just like, it tastes fucking great to me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's the stuff that, that is never relatable. And if, if if it's, I think what you're doing is amazing. I think that's precisely what the world needs. I also think it's really difficult to make money in the health world as a PT. So the volume play is always there. So if, if it's a programme to then get groups of people on and, or, or do it on a one-on-one for a much longer period for a more sustained way to then go. You hopefully won't need me again. I think that's fantastic. That's mm. exactly what I've missed in in everything. I have done I would, that
1: fifteen years ago.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I've, uh, over the years probably picked up enough advice to be able to 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 know what I'm talking about, but. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear something from <laughs> PT, I'm like, "That's you." I mean, you're also the worst CV on earth, aren't you? Because it's like, well, yeah. if you not know this stuff. What the fuck did you put it into, pro- <laughs> into practice? But <laughs> um, that's amazing. So yeah. sounds cracking. I think, um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming on
1: and yeah. being our first guest. But um, it's been great. been great. How do people get hold of you, Sophie? What's um? How do, what's the the contact for you if anyone's listening and wants to be a part of the journey or or get some advice from me.
3: Yeah. So on Instagram, it's at the elevate nine. So it's the number nine. So at the elevate nine, LinkedIn, Sophie Langley and Facebook, the elevate program. Now I have actually built a free mini course for anybody needing help, but is not in a financial position to pay for coaching. So Ah. You just pop me a message on anything. I'll send you the link. It's a private Facebook group that I've got. You can join that. There's a five-step mini course, and this teaches you the basics of nutrition, habits, well-being, and should be able to get anyone started off if they're not in a position to actually go forward and and pay for a coach.
1: Wonderful. <laughs>
2: Love that, Sophie. Thank you so much again.
3: Right.
2: Um, yeah. yeah, I'm now going to start journaling all the thoughts of. Stuff I've got to do. General ideas is, is, is could be onto something, you know. Because I spend all night thinking and staring at ceilings, overthinking everything. It's
1: mad, isn't it? Like I'll be knackered. I'll be knackered all day, and I get to bed, and I've got the most energy. But it's not energy; it's just my, I can't switch my mind off. I
3: know. Yeah. and it's great because if you that that means you've got a great creative mind, and it's not a bad thing to have. But it just comes at the wrong time, doesn't it? And it's because yeah. you've got silence and you've got clarity. And when you have silence and clarity, it allows you to think. It brings thoughts in your head.
0: Yeah. So the
3: great thing about meditation is that it teaches you to control it. So when something comes in, to allow it to go. So I think for the meantime, just have a little notepad around your thing and think, right, I'm going to pop that down and let it come out. And just, just yeah. as, if that's the only thing that you do, I think it'll really, really help. Just help me. I, I, it. I think I'd be retired by now if
2: I actually wrote down some of them ideas because that. <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning, I could build an enterprise that will make us all millionaires, but <laughs> never translates to a business. Um,
3: <laughs> if you need any, any help, don't be afraid to, to pop me a message. I'm always happy to help. And if you want any free resources, I'll bob them over to you. But I love the idea of this and I'm so excited to see you. But hopefully, uh, we start seeing who's going yeah, to win, Sophie. That's the question.
1: Pick a side.
3: I actually think you, Rob, because, Ian, I Come think on. you're putting too much on yourself. Yeah, maybe. I think you're going too in. And I think this this time ticking bomb of the wedding, that's giving you stress.
1: Yeah, it is giving him stress.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit more like, well, you know, I'm chilled. I've got my mic. You know, I'm happy. I've got my mic.
1: I've my got, usual my reaction my God, would wedding. be, Look, I'm
2: going to prove you wrong, but now it's going to have to be, do you know what? We're going to go for a and think about your feedback. (laughs) 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 Amazing. Yeah, okay, 1-0 Rob, fair enough. Time will tell. Time Time will tell. tell. (laughs) Um, Yeah, look, thank you very much again. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely reach out, I'm sure. 100%. Have a nice
3: evening. See you later, Sophie, bye.
0: We've got some diet plans, health scans, sugar bans, fitness fans, PTs, injuries, laying off the Chinese, ball games, gym chains, protein gains and skin tight tops and we ain't gonna stop until we hit the 50k. Drop, 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 no excess fat, no FAT, no curry bag, no guarantee. Rough or buff, lean on me, we'll end up as fit as a pig. 50K, goodbye 50k We'll lose 50k In our old-